section one hundred and three of the inheritance by susan edmundstone ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter thirty two go to hath life a blessing yet for me i have no country i have no house a refuge from my ills euripides such was the letter and when gertrude ended it she cast one look of anguish to heaven as she murmured for him o oh my god i would have abandoned all thou knowest that i would she could not have found a name for the wretchedness which wrung her heart but yet with a mien outwardly calm save for her burning cheek and quivering lip she passed to the adjoining room where lindsay was waiting with the most intense anxiety the effect which this communication would produce as gertrude returned the letter she merely bent her head to him but he saw that her eyes were tearless and her air was even loftier than it was wont she moved on towards a door at the opposite end of the room which communicated with her own suite of apartments and lindsay made no attempt to detain her but when her hand was upon the lock she turned round and approaching him took his hand and pressed it between hers my dear my only friend said she may god bless you why do you say so now dearest gertrude cried lindsay fearing he knew not what from the unnatural calmness of her manner because because i feel it said gertrude with a sigh as though her heart had broke and i may i too say all i feel for you said lindsay with emotion no why should you feel for me i am well quite well said gertrude with the same sort of wild calmness but i will never forget your kindness to me a tear gleamed in her eye as she turned away lindsay made an effort to detain her as he exclaimed speak then tell me what you would have me do to serve you to save you if i can from gertrude gently disengaged herself from him while she said in a firm voice i will not remain here but i have arrangements to make before i go do not seek to detain me where will you go dearest gertrude my house is yours and my aunt i will not go to your house edward said gertrude and her voice began to falter then making an effort to regain her composure she quickly added i know not yet where i shall go i must have time i have arrangements to make but i cannot breathe here and she gasped as she spoke then waving her hand to lindsay she hastily entered her own apartment still gertrude's energy did not forsake her as she set about her preparations but she mistook for fortitude what in reality was only fever of mind and it was under that false excitement that she acted she was alive but to one feeling she had been deserted by him for whom she would have sacrificed the world itself he whom she loved sufficiently even to have renounced he whom 
every hallowed obligation every principle of honour every feeling of tenderness had bound to her by ties she had considered as indissoluble he had dared to insult her by supposing she would choose to be indebted to his bounty for her support he deemed her unworthy of being his wife and he would have her submit to become his pensioner to live upon his alms to be clothed and fed by him to drag out a life of dependence amid those very scenes which had witnessed her in the full meridian of her prosperity she could not she would not consider what she was to do whither she was to go it mattered not what became of her were she but away from rossville she would work beg starve but she would not sink into a base stipendiary but alas gertrude knew nothing of life and its ways when she reasoned thus she knew nothing of those various manners and degrees in which every human being even those possessed of the loftiest feelings of independence are bound more or less to one another she only panted to escape from the degradation she felt she was enduring and every other idea was absorbed in that single one but when her arrangements were completed then the dreadful sense of her own utter loneliness came upon her and she pressed her throbbing temples in agony as she leant her head upon her hand and vainly strove to think of whither and to whom she would go but the world seemed all before her where to choose for she had no claim upon any one being in it and who would claim her abject degraded fallen as she was no one but the generous noble-minded lindsay and he was the last person she would have recourse to she could not bear that he should look upon her in her humiliation he knew that she had been rejected forsaken he had seen that heart which had been so fondly sought so proudly won now cast back upon her as a thing of naught she was roused from this agony of thought by the entrance of her maid to announce that mr ramsay was in the saloon and wished to see her i will not see him i will not see any one that and again the horror which she felt for all connected with the author of her misery rushed upon her my lady exclaimed miss masham i am not your lady i am but no matter you will know all when i am gone gone where whither repeated she to herself then the sudden resolution seized her that she would see mr ramsay he would take her from rossville no matter what became of her after that and not daring to deliberate she hastily passed on to the apartment still under the excitement of feelings strained to their utmost stretch mr ramsay had been made acquainted by mr black with the discovery which had taken place and for some time indignation against mrs st clair was the only feeling that found place in his breast then as that somewhat abated his heart began to yearn with pity towards the victim of her guilt and at length that stranger sentiment for uncle adam was not prone to the indulgence of such weakness gradually grew into something almost akin to joy at the thought that she whom he had always loved for her resemblance to his first and only love was indeed her descendant the resemblance even in his mind's eye 
grew twenty times stronger and he felt that he should look upon her with greater delight as the granddaughter of lizzie lundy than ever he had done as countess of rossville she was his own nearest relation too for lizzie and he had been cousins german brother and sister's children while his connection with the blacks was only by half-blood all this uncle adam had revolved over and over again as he paced his little chamber irresolute how to act at length unable to come to any fixed determination he took chaise from the blue boar and set off for rossville where he arrived as if heaven directed at the very moment when his appearance seemed indeed as an interposition of providence for the first time he voluntarily extended his hand and grasped gertrude's in it with a vehemence which was indicative of the warmth and sincerity of his good will both were silent for some moments for even uncle adam for the time seemed overcome but at length he said it is needless to say anything about it i dinna want to hear ony mare just tell me whether i can do you ony good will you gang wi me oh yes yes cried gertrude take me from this oh take me now but stay now are you sure you're ready said mr ramsay who was not quite so rapid in his movements and who although perfectly sincere in his offer had not expected it to be so promptly acted upon moreover he was not quite sure that they perfectly understood each other and he thought some explanation necessary before they set off together he would fain have put the question in a delicate form but he had never been accustomed to sounding and delicacy was not his fort he was therefore fain to have recourse to his own method of gaining information which was to put the question in the most direct manner and he said with his usual bluntness do you ken war it is your goin the question struck like a dagger to gertrude's heart and smote with the consciousness of her own desolation she could not speak she turned away her head to hide the burning drops that forced their way from her eyes i have no home said she in a voice choking with emotion i am a beggar i'm very glad to hear it said uncle adam warmly that's just the very thing i wanted i rejoice that you're to owe naething to that prudthrawn pack so come with me my dotty and ye's no want for onything that i hae to gie you lizzie lundy's bairn will be my bairn so come your ways the bird mon flicter that flees wait a wing but ye's harmed up your head yet in spite of them all in the tumult of her mind gertrude had entirely overlooked the ties which bound her the daughter of jacob lewiston to him whom she had only known as the uncle of mrs st clair but now it glanced upon her that in uncle adam she beheld a relation of her own the only being with whom she might claim kindred but she was too wretched even to feel pleasure at the discovery she only considered that he would take her away that he would give her a shelter and there she would die and be heard of no more is there naebody here you wad see before you gang said mr ramsay as she was hurrying wildly away no no cried she impatiently then suddenly stopping yes 
i have one kind friend to whom i will say farewell once more as the thought glanced upon her that lindsay would be glad to see her so protected and she sent to say she wished to see him he instantly hastened to her and was made acquainted with the arrangement which had been made though he was still left in ignorance of the relationship which subsisted between them for gertrude in the fervour of her mind had already ceased to think of it and uncle adam from certain tender feelings was unwilling to enter into particulars although he was not exactly the person to whose hands lindsay would have chosen to commit gertrude yet situated as she was even uncle adam's home was better than none especially as he most cordially invited him to come to it as often as he pleased there is one person you wished me to see and i would not said gertrude in agitation to lindsay as she was almost on the threshold to depart but now i would see her sister before i go and the wish was no sooner signified to miss black than she hastened to comply with it at sight of her a slight tremor shook gertrude's frame but she neither wept nor spoke she merely kissed her twice with fervour then turned away and bade a long farewell to rossville the same day mrs st clair was removed to the house of her sisters End of section one hundred and three